0: Welcome to the Impact Columbus podcast. This season, we are focusing on stories, mom stories, dad stories, grandparent's stories, all the stories. This story is one about parents and grandparents and about everything that changes when you become a grandparent. I'll let my guests go ahead and introduce themselves, but I'm very excited to welcome my dear friend, Chris Newkirk, and my other dear friend and her daughter, Shelby Howe. So I'll mm-hmm. let Chris, you go first and just kind of tell us a little about yourself. Sure. Um,
1: I am a registered nurse, have been a nurse for 35 years. Um, I've been a mother for 29 years and I've been a grandmother for a little over two years. Um, I have a passion for maternal and infant health and I really want to help make sure we're connecting the dots for moms in our community and making sure, you know, making things easier for them um, to help navigate the health system because we know it's really, really difficult. But um, Uh, The most exciting thing, though, is I'm a Grammy to um, two boys, Shelby's sons, and a third one on the way. Um, I'm the mom to four, so I have two girls and two boys, so I can be the grandmother and the grandmother-in-law, or the mother and mother-in-law, so I feel like I can uh, speak to maybe both perspectives as I learn um, some of the ins and outs of being the mother-in-law, too. And I hope to beat my parents' record of having 13 grandkids.
0: That's so my, my mother-in-law has 13 and we call it the dirty dozen because yeah. to got that one little extra. Yeah. So love it. Love it. <laughs> we just like hit on all the things. I was like, Oh yeah, that's right. You are going to be the grandmother in law. I kind of forgot about that yeah. detail for a second. I was like, Oh, that's going to be, we should do like a repeat episode in a year and then bring her on as well. We should. She can give the dirty facts out. Right. That'll be like our season three update, <laughs> yeah. right? Exactly. All right. Well, Shelby, can you kind of give us your background as well?
2: Yes. Um, so as you said, I'm Shelby Howe. I was once the favorite of my mom, but I have been replaced by the three little men going to be in her life. Um, I'm also a registered nurse. I work in labor and delivery at the hospital and have done that for almost six years. I also sit um, as a nurse abstractor on the maternal mortality review team, but but most importantly I am Bodie and Bowers mom and sometimes I also have to act as a mom to my husband but right. it just depends on his behavior for 100% the day. <laughs> yes. So you have three boys? Yes. Right.
0: Yeah. Yes. One is a little bit bigger. Yes. Just Slightly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. It. Well, I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but there's just a wealth of experience currently in this room. I'm outpaced I think motherhood-wise, definitely oh, grandparent-wise, oh, uh, nurse-wise. Uh-huh little man decided to wake up and say, what's (laughs) (laughs) up? That's totally fine. Um, So let's go ahead and get started. And we really wanted to talk about that transition from being a mom and kind of adulting or parenting adult children and then moving into grandparenting and how different that is and how, you know, from becoming a new parent, that can kind of be hard and, and working on all those boundaries as well. So starting with when maybe Shelby was expecting, I don't know, Chris, if you could kind of talk about... Um, some of the things that you did to prepare for little Mr. Bodie's arrival? Uh Uh-huh.
1: So, um, you know, aside from, you know, preparing for all the physical needs they're going to have, you know, the crib, the the safe sleep, the bassinet, the baby monitor, and the essentials, uh, really wanted to make sure we were supporting them emotionally. And, you know, making sure um, we were doing everything we could to protect our newborn, you know, the newborn that was going to come into our lives, not ours, but uh, theirs um, with immunizations. Um, Bodhi arrived uh, two months into COVID-19. So um, that put a damper on the first grandchild's arrival. So a lot of masking, a lot of hand hygiene, immunizations, um, flu, COVID, and your DPT. So yeah. really making sure we were all on board with our
0: vaccines to
1: protect the new arrival in our life.
0: If I didn't know what a DPT is, what is that?
1: Diphtheria, pertussis, and tetanus. Because that's whooping so cough. And that is, yeah, whooping cough. That's a big risk for newborns. Too. Yeah,
0: that's funny because I, I remember telling my parents, and that was, gosh, nine and a half years ago now, I'm like, well, you can't come until you get this shot. And I don't think it was as common that long ago to, to do that for grandparents. And they were like, I don't even know where to get this vaccine. And I think they had to go to the health department to get it. But, um, it's just, it seems like kind of a big request, I think, from a parent, like, Hey, I need you to go get a shot, but Uh probably on the grandparent and you do any of it anyway. So exactly. Absolutely. It'd be interesting also to track, like becoming a a new grandparent during that COVID time versus, Mm -hmm. you know, when little Mr. Bauer came in, he, he had a little bit of interesting time coming (laughs) versus the next one and how that'll be different. Um, just through those, that experience. Awesome. Um, were you surprised by anything that was different after Bodie was born? Yes, there were several things. So, um,
1: no formula packs were sent home from the hospital. So that was something new. You know, that's kind of, they like send you home with your little kit to help you care for, um, I felt like breastfeeding back, um, when I, when we had our children, um, was less... Um, what do I want to say? Less promoted. It was less the norm. So, um, you know, you had your, your formula pack as your backup plan. Mm-hmm. And um, so I feel like that's changed a lot. Um, stricter views on pacifiers, you know, that one kind of goes back and forth. They can have pacifiers, they can't have pacifiers, you know, don't introduce anything new to them. Um, and the sleep sacks, that's the big one. So the safe sleep, you mm-hmm. know. Um, When we brought our children home, you know, um, they had moved from sleeping on their bellies Mm -hmm. um, to sleeping on their side or their back, but then they still had the wedges. And now it's all um, safe sleep, alone on your back in a crib. Um, so that really changed as well. So really trying to stay up to date on that information and knowing what's the safest way uh, yeah. to, to help support the care of our grandchildren.
0: Absolutely. I think that's hard to stay on top of, too, once you're outside of that world. And I know you're still professionally in that world, but once you're kind of not parenting through that, mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, i got to get back into that. And that's really, that can be kind of different. I don't know if there's a lot of really good resources out there either. Right. We'll work on them. We'll right. build some really good right. ones for grandparents, but awesome. <laughs> um, So Shelby, from your perspective, I heard Chris talk about and all the things she did to prepare. Was there anything that you remember, just being like, "Oh, that was so helpful"? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it was very different from when I had
2: Bodie and when I had Bauer. Um, Bodie was a thirty-nine week induction. Everything was beautiful and smooth. Um, So we came home with from the hospital with him. You know, we had our grandparents all visit. Well, his grandparents all visit. aunts and uncles and everything. But like my mom said, it was in the middle of COVID. So it was a lot of like strict hand washing. I was kind of that psycho first mom when That's it okay. came to hygiene. Right. But the big things that helped when we came home with Bodhi was just letting us spend time with him and letting us bond with him. You know, my mom and even my mother-in-law were really good about making sure we were fed, making sure they helped pick up our house. My mom did loads of laundry for us. Um, I joked that when my siblings came over, they had to do one chore before they could hold the baby.
0: I think that's a really good... Stuff. Um, just making things. sure that like,
2: you know, you spend nine months growing this baby and then you have the baby and you're expected to share this baby with everyone. Um, so it was just important for us and it was most helpful for us to be able to bond with this baby and be able to show him love while still sharing him with everyone at the same time. Um, you know, whenever I had Bauer, it was much different. He arrived six and a half weeks early, so we spent... A a couple weeks in the NICU. So I went from being a psycho mom about hygiene to being even more crazy about hygiene. Um, you know, just making sure that everyone in our family knew, like I did not want them to kiss him. I did not want them to hold him without washing their hands or using hand sanitizer. And even my little nieces, it was like, make sure you wash your hands before you hold mm-hmm. him. And, you know, we did let them kiss him on the top of the head, but they had their little special kissing spot and that worked really well for us. Yeah. But The same thing with Bauer, um, as with Bodie, it was just really helpful when they came home, when we came home, that they helped us keep our house up, like up in order and just allowed us to spend time with him and really respected our time as well.
0: Okay. So we were talking about things that were helpful. So thinking about not your mom or your mother-in-law or anyone in your life, (laughs) but maybe stories from a friend mom or mother <laughs> or someone else. I mean, I think that when you're in that that world of, you know, you and your friends are all having babies, there's often um, note comparing about things that maybe weren't helpful. And like, I don't know about you, we can kind of sometimes do this like one-up story like, oh, well, get this. <laughs> I can't participate because I have the most wonderful mother and mother-in-laws ever. Um, but I don't know if you can kind of share anything that you've heard or maybe even just in your professional experience as a nurse of like things that were not helpful.
2: Yeah. I don't think that I heard like from any one specific person, like, don't let them do this or don't do that or, you know, anything like that. I think just my own personality, I knew kind of what my expectations were of my mom and my mother-in-law. And I think that they both kind of knew like what I wanted whenever both of the boys were born. Um... I think the most important thing is to just know that it's okay to say no. It's okay to say we don't want visitors tonight or it's okay to let them help you. It's okay to have your mother-in-law bring you a meal. It's okay to have your mom come over and mm-hmm. hold the baby while you take a nap. And I think that was like the biggest thing is just kind of having those boundaries already out in the open before the baby gets there because then there's not tension and there's not hurt feelings. It's just kind of like, well, this is already what we expected yeah. her to want. Um so I think that's the most important thing and I think that's what helped us the most yeah. whenever both Bodie and Bauer were born. It probably helped a little bit more with Bodie just because he was our first baby, you know, kind of knowing what our expectations were, but definitely with Bauer because I felt like they already knew how we were with mm-hmm. Bodie and they were both my mom and my mother-in-law were able to step up and really help us a lot with Bodie and make him still feel like He was, you know, the light of our lives and, Mm -hmm. you know, pick him up from daycare and just make him feel special as well. So I think just really knowing that it's okay to set those boundaries with your mom or your mother-in-law or whoever you may have in your life that's Mm -hmm. going to help you or influence you as a parent, it's okay to have those
0: boundaries set. I think also... Kind of piggybacking on that, I before I had kids, I was the world's best parent in the whole world, right? Like I was like, <laughs> I I know what this is going to be like, and I had twins first, which Chris is also a mother of twins. Um, it's insane, and I remember thinking like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna do this for myself. I'm not gonna need help, and so I kind of set expectations of like, I don't, I want to see you for a little bit, like let's fi- let us figure this out. And I was so overwhelmed, like so quickly that bless my husband. Like He was just kind of like, oh, I think we need to call in for some help. So just knowing like, it's good to have those conversations ahead of time, but also knowing that like you can kind of pivot and figure out what works best for you. And everybody's kind of learning that new role. So you know, mom's learning her new role as a mom, grandma's role. I don't want to call you grandma. It's so weird. (laughs) Grammys Grammy. (laughs) is learning her new role as a Grammy. Baby's learning their new role. Yeah. I think even dads are kind of trying to find their way in that space too. So it's just, everybody's trying to figure it out. Um, and just being really supportive of that is, is really, really good. Um, of course
2: everyone has their idea of how they think that it's going to go. And then once that baby's here, you're
0: kind of like, Oh wow. Huh. Yeah, none of none of the things. Yeah. I don't know about you. Maybe some of the things worked out, but I felt like none of the things
2: yes. worked for us. I yeah.
0: think key, though, is like, you know, babies
1: don't come with an instruction manual. Wouldn't that um, be nice? And, you know, just open communication mm-hmm. and just kind of saying, you know, like, this is what I need now. Mm-hmm. Like, the mom is dealing with so many emotions at that point that mm-hmm. you really just need to let the mom say what she needs and the dad as well. But, you know, I feel like the mom has all those hormones yeah. and... You know, you just need to be able to say like, you know, like right now I just need to sit with my baby mm-hmm. and I need you to do the dishes because I don't want to think about those right now. Yeah. Or you know what? I need to
0: take a nap and just being able to be there for the mom. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I like that. Chris, what would your best piece of advice be for soon to be grandparents?
1: Oh. oh. Maybe like top three. Yeah. Oh. Uh, i I think communication is key you know mm-hmm. know know what your children expect for you mm-hmm. um really be a good listener um don't give advice unless they ask for it um That's you know so they, hard. They'll, they'll come a point where they may ask for your advice, mm-hmm. but you know really, you just need to kind of be um you know a sounding board for them and and let them kind of just verbalize all the things they're going through because it's a lot yeah, it is it's a lot <laughs>
0: I could do a whole episode about that. <laughs>
1: and it's just a lot, <laughs> yeah. And also, I you know, make sure we're offering them reassurance. You know, I, I try mm-hmm. to, you know, tell our children they do such a good job parenting, and Bauer likes that comment. Um, <laughs> they really are doing a great job parenting, and there is nothing more special than to see your children become good parents. Oh, so. yeah. Well,
2: and I think so, that goes to say, too, like, as a parent, it's important to hear your mom or your dad or your in-laws to say, like, there's nothing that makes me feel better than hearing my mother-in-law tell me that I'm doing a good job or mm-hmm. that I'm such a good mom. And I mean, to have your mother-in-law tell you that who's raised you know her baby, who she thinks is like the light of her life, it's good to hear her say that you're doing a good job. Because yeah. of course, as a mom and as a daughter- my mom tells me I'm doing a good job all the time right. because I was her favorite. Your <laughs> so I used to hear that all the time. Right. But to have your in-law say that I think is really something to be said. Yeah. That sometimes there may be not be that relationship between you know daughter and mother-in-law, but to have them say that. So I think it's important for in-laws to not be afraid to say, you're doing such a good job or you're such a good mm-hmm. mom or you're such a good dad because I think it does... I mean it means a lot to hear it from your mom and dad, but it says something to hear it from your in laws. Oh,
0: yeah, <laughs> And I think sometimes like it can be such a thankless thing sometimes. Yeah. Like you're just constantly like doing all the things and like bust him, he's super cute, but he's not telling you thank you. Yeah. He's not, <laughs> he's not like you're doing a great job. Mom. Yeah. So sticking out that Nikki tie. You know? <laughs> like he's he's very appreciative someday. Probably when he has his own kids, he'll be like, Oh, this is what they did. Right. Just, thank right. you. They'll probably call you at that point. Right. And you'll be the mother in law and they'll be like, I know, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you're doing great too. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I <laughs> love it. Um, anything's about, we kind of already touched on a lot of these, but just for, we kind of, i both, I've heard you both say a lot of, you know, communication is key. Like, that's the big thing. So if there was, you know, top couple of things to communicate with, um, the grandparents to be, what would your advice be there?
2: I always tell my mom and I tell my mother-in-law the same thing. Like, you had your time to be the mom and the dad. So, like, now is your time to be the grandma and the grandpa. Um, and I don't say that in a mean way or say that in a way to hurt anyone. But it's like, you know, I'm the mom. You know, I'm going to discipline. I'm going to want to do the hard things and want to do the fun things. But I think it's important for grandma and grandpa to know that, like, you're not their babysitter. Um, you can babysit them. But the most important thing is that I want my kids to have fun with them. I want them to know that grandma and grandpa is a fun time. Um and I think it's just important to remember and I think it's okay to say Like, I am the mom. Um, And I mean, I have to tell my mom that often. I'd
0: love to be a flannel for that And I will never
1: discipline them. So let's just walk that off the table because I don't want that. It's not going to
0: happen. But I've had to
2: say before, like, okay, I'm the mom. You know, if we're all together, you know, and she's, you know, not that she's doing anything wrong, but I've had to say to you before, like, I'm the mom. Like, I've got this, you know. And I think that it's okay to say that. And I think there's just such a stipulation over, like, this shared role. And I think it's just okay to say, I think it's okay to set those boundaries and I think it's okay to communicate that with, Whoever it may be that's helping. Yeah. So I think that's just important to remember. Yeah,
0: I think that's true in any relationship. Like you're always kind of negotiating, like what what is okay, what's not okay, and that can change over time too. Yeah. It's wrong that I'm already really looking forward to being a grandparent. Like I don't want to happen anytime soon because like my (laughs) oldest are nine. Right. But like I'm just like oh it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Come to my house for a couple days and then I will send you back. Exactly. don't know right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, do. It's, it's, you know, there. Um, anything else? Final thoughts that you guys really wanted to get out that you didn't? You guys have shared a lot of really good tips. Yeah, uh, just
1: one tip. You know, breastfeeding has really become oh, yeah. more normalized um, since when I had my children, and you know, I think it's great. You know, there. You know, you know, when I had our children, when we had our children. You didn't nurse in public. You know, now they're, they're, you know, it's acceptable now, and um, I'm happy for that. But, you know, the important message for moms is that that doesn't come easy either. Easy either. You know, really, the important thing is that your baby is fed. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, really making sure we support whatever method our moms, you know, Mm -hmm. want to use to feed their children. I think that is super important. Yeah. Um, don't create a stigma over one is better than the other. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think just supporting those decisions. I mean, as long as they're safe, like we're not (laughs) talking about unsafe things, but those parenting choices that the parents have made as, as a grandparent, one of the best things you can do is supporting those and making sure, um, maybe if it's not something you know a lot about, you can educate yourself, um, I really, like, appreciate that a lot. So it's probably hard, too, just because you think of the way that you raised your kids. And you're like, hey, I did a good job. You guys yeah. all turned out pretty good. And, like, now you're kind of saying that that's not how we do it anymore. And that, for some people, I think, can kind of um, make them second guess the way that they raise their own kids. I don't know. I think sometimes people get a little defensive about that, too. And it's, I, think, I just always want to tell people it's not that what you did was wrong. It's just that we have different information now. Exactly. You know? Yeah, and I think it goes back to what
2: we were talking about earlier, just communicating. Mm -hmm. I think that it's okay to communicate and say that you want things done a certain way. Yeah. You know, um, my mom and my mother-in-law both have cribs at their houses, and they know that if the boys are there, then they go to sleep in their crib. They aren't to lay on their bed or to lay on the couch Mm -hmm. or anything like that. So I think it's okay to say that, like, I know it's not how you guys did it whenever you raised your kids. But this is how I want it done. Yeah. Um, And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, obviously, as long as it's portrayed in a loving way and not a hateful
0: way. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I think also it's kind of a communication piece, too. But at the the end of the day, we all want the same things, right? So my mom and my mother-in-law and I, like, we all just want happy, healthy kids. Right. And I think when you come from that perspective, it just makes things so much easier. Like, hey, I know that you want what's best for the kiddos. This is what we think that is. Can you help us with that? For sure. Yeah. Right? Like maybe don't give them Thirteen scoops of ice cream, and then send them home. Well, I mean, my mom has sent Bodie home with
2: a whole bag of M Ms before. I mean, at least didn't like feed them like
0: four. As, as you're pulling the driveway, she's like, "Okay, get the last like twelve in real quick." Yeah, she would never do such never, things. never. Excellent. Well, thank you guys so very much. I really do think we should do a follow-up next year. That'd be hilarious. Yeah, we should have um, Maddie come. Up. Yes. Like, well, actually, here's the dirt. Right. No. <laughs> No, Grammy is excellent. All things. I don't know if I keep touching my face. But worry about that. But anyway, well, join us next time. We will be chatting about pelvic floor PT with Kelly Wiesner from Flourish. Looking Yay. forward to that episode. Bye. And we'll have season three dropping soon. Very <laughs> excited. Thank you guys so much. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Uh, Say bye. So <laughs> and that's all it is.